Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Magic Mike XXL, directed by Gregory Jacobs and released in 2015. The plot, such as it is, goes something like this. Three years after Mike bowed out of the stripper life, he and the remaining kings of Tampa hit the road to Myrtle Beach to put on one last performance at a stripper convention. One of those famous stripper conventions. Look, we don't know the industry. I'm sure within the industry, the stripper convention is super famous and the well stripper, Yeah, but I feel like the stripper convention would be like a bunch of people meeting to talk about stripping rather than... Oh, yeah, like Sexpo. Like, yeah. Yeah. What this was was more like Comic-Con for strippers. It struck me as a little odd, especially since they just kind of rocked up and then went, hey, we're here. And they're like, uh, you don't and, have a spot. And Jada Pinkett Smith is all like, hello, Elizabeth Banks. I have a spot. And you. then they make out a bit. Yeah, it's wonderful, this, this movie. So you have not seen the first Magic Mike, and I, I have, have not. And I watched it again yesterday for research, as much as it can be called research. Um, This is a completely different feel. Like, it still calls back to the first one. The first one, though, is – I'm watching it again yesterday. It's a real Soderbergh movie with a couple of bits of stripping in the middle. Yeah. And it's – I mean, it's fine. It's actually not a bad movie, and it's quite a good little story arc that Mike goes on and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but it is not like this. This is like Fast and the Furious for ladies. Well, the thing about this was, I think, it seems to me like they made Magic Mike thinking it was going to be like a little indie Soderbergh kind of movie, and it made really big bucks. Mm. And they were like, why is it making really big bucks? What a mystery. Maybe it's because women want to go and see Channing Tatum strip. <laughs> so let's just make another one that's the movie that women wanted to go see in the first well, place. Well, yeah, and and they do. They I think taking out Matthew McConaughey's character actually works a bit because he's kind of seedy and bringing in um, Jada Pinkett Smith in that role, even though she doesn't sort of turn up till about halfway through the movie, works so, so much better. Um, and, and, yeah, having him out of it just makes it a little less seedy as a group. And then um, obviously it's a thousand times funnier than the <laughs> first one. Even from the bit where, um, where Channing is alone in his workshop and – Pony comes on the radio and that's a call back to the first movie and he does this dance to it around the room. He's always kind of winking at the audience. He knows he's being silly. And then there's a bit with Joe Manganiello, which is in the trailer, but you don't even know what you're missing. Like you, the, the full version is even better where he's in a convenience store with a bottle of water and some Cheetos and he's trying to make the, con- the you know, clerk laugh. And I think that in, is- the, in the trailer, it's sort of presented as, you know, in the full Monty when like they're all – uh, uh, they're all kind of uh, practicing their routines mm-hmm. and they're like dancing in like the yeah, gold yeah. line and stuff like that. Yep, yep. I thought when I saw the trailer that it was more something like that, but it's actually him like performing for the clerk trying to get her to smile and pay attention. Yeah. Um, I think is... she was my favorite character in the movie. Wonderful. All she does is smile and she does. Well, all speak, she does she was my favorite. is deadpans right until the very end and then she yeah. cracks a little smile. That was so. I haven't laughed so hard in a movie in ages. Meanwhile, the other guys are all outside, like high Make, as kites and cheering fun him on. Of him. It's the greatest. And there's nothing like that in the first movie. There's some funny bits and Channing's obvious charisma and carries it through but it's a very different movie it's a lot about you know are the characters all the same um well it, actually getting rid of alex pettifer i didn't even notice we got rid of alex <laughs> pettifer he was, he was such a he's a drip actually he's he's kind of like the kid and they bring him onto the team and he starts dancing and they just throw him on stage one night and, and anyway they and they train him up but he, he i don't didn't miss him at all matt bomer's character gets way more to do in this one and also he's way better in the first one matt bomer's character is like the drugs are getting to him and he's quite 
like he's really messed up and he's involved with this girl who's quite messed up as well and it's all doesn't go very well. Mercedes? She has pink hair. I don't know. They said, were you I still guess, with Mercedes? Oh, no, this, yeah, that's right. In She's this the movie. blonde. Um, mar- yeah, the one he was married to. Um, anyway, his character is t- almost entirely different person in this movie and so, so much better because he gets to do all this funny stuff as well where mm. he's talking about his Reiki and his Oprah. Um, but he's also oh, like, he gets it. I mean, he's kind of the most, I don't know, emotional and caring of them. Mm. So he's like yeah. team dad kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Or team weird uncle well i think kevin nash is more like team dad yeah (laughs) yes that's right he's much the same as he was in the first one joe manganiello i think gets a little more to do this time like he's a bit more of the mentor role that um mcconaughey's character had last time but he yeah he gets a lot to do this time i'm just not sure he's so much but he's not this terrific actor so it's just kind of a lot rather than like a performance (laughs) I, well, yeah, face. I mean, he's he giving it all he's got. He's not half-assing it in, in any way, but he's he isn't the greatest. No, I know. My, and, and the thing is, like, and I mean, you know, you can see why they put him in this movie. He looks terrific. And he has a few moments that are really terrific. But a lot of the rest of the time, it just feels like he is trying really hard, but a lot of it's just not sticking. <laughs> and then Channing Tatum can bumble through a scene and carry it with so much more like he just he he will he will stutter and stumble over his words and be an idiot and he is so much more watchable well that's and that actually carries over from the first movie in the first movie the girl that he's flirting with is alex pettifer's sister and um who, who was the actress who oh, played her i can't remember it's okay. not someone well known but she has she's wonderful and charismatic and she's got a lot of spark about her so together they really quite they spark off one another in that way it doesn't happen this time because he's playing off an actress who is basically a brick wall. It's Amber Heard, isn't it? Yeah, I guess I I learned that at the end. I I don't know anything. But I saw her on Top Gear once. That is she's, literally yeah, all I know Johnny about Depp's Amber Heard. Um, girlfriend. She was useless in this movie. Like she was. She might. He might as well have been playing against a block of wood. He is trying his heart out to banter with her, and she's saying the lines, but I'm getting no spark. Like, she doesn't looks like she doesn't want to be there. Mm. She doesn't want to be in this movie. She's saying these lines, like, Channing Tatum's not all that good looking to her or something, or not charismatic to her. Like, I don't, his magic isn't working on I, It's terrible. But it, with the other girl in the first movie, he just has similar, like, a banter thing well, going I on. Think, it works really well. I mean, well. part of that is, is the writing for her character, because there is She's got anything. that horrible Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing going yeah. on, too. But like, and, and also no spark between them. There was a point at which she's she when and at one of like my favorite sequence in the movie is about two thirds of the way in, and it's uh, when they go to pick up Rome mm. um, mm-hmm. from her stripper hotel of glory. It seems <laughs> like know. an amazing place to go. <laughs> yeah, this wonderful little den of wonderfulness. Um, uh, where we pick up Twitch and uh, and Donald Glover, which is not a bad thing. Um, oh yeah, they they were the people like they replaced in the team so much better oh i i loved them i think you know out of the they they and they're also they bring something that's a little bit more genuine to mm. the because they're kind of raw and newer yeah and the other guys are kind of older and jaded yeah so well, they kind of they, it's not stated or anything but there is that little scene with donald glover and matt bomer in the car where they talk a little mm-hmm. bit and and donald glover kind of reignites this this spark in Matt Bomer, and you see that come out in the next scene when he sings to yeah. the the um um Southern Belle. Yeah, oh yeah, Annie McDowell's and her friends. Yeah, May. It, I remember her name because oh. they all go, "Come on, May, come on, May," and I felt so bad for her. Oh man, that scene! Like, because you 
you're really worried about that scene because they rock up and it's at a goddamn plantation. Yeah. And Donald Glover has driven them there and you're like, my God, what is going to happen? Who is in this place? And they're like, and they've come for Megan, the manic pixie dream girl with no personality. And No, no. Megan is a different girl. Oh, Megan's She's the, the daughter of Andy McDowell's character. They're both her daughters. Are they? She says she has two daughters. I know, they? but I don't think Megan's one of them. I think Megan just ends up traveling with them instead of going to New York. Okay, I don't know why Manic Pixie Dream Girl was there. That's Zoe. They- no, Zoe. So Zoe. Zoe is the is is Dolly Tits. Um, is the is Amber Heard's character. And at one point, because the way she's dressed at that plantation, I'm like, is it a rule that if you date Johnny Depp, you have to turn into him? Yeah, I just <laughs> see. I assumed she was also the daughter because the way she, the, that Annie McDowell was talking to her, and she talks about how she has two daughters, and the other daughter, okay. the other daughter is friends with uh, that's Alex, Megan. Yeah, Megan, Alex Rodriguez. Oh, no, that's not his name. Jay Rodriguez. Um, no, I think that's the little gay guy from. Adam Rodriguez. <laughs> Adam Rodriguez's Oops. character. Uh, and that's why they've turned up to this place. And, you th- yeah, you go in, you think, oh, shit, what's going on here? And then these, <laughs> like, jaded alcoholic southern bells who've just divorced their husbands. Some of them. Some of them. And some of them are just, you know, unhappy or whatever. And then, yeah, this older generation of ladies about Adam McDowell's age and then the younger girl and her friends. Mm. And it's a, an amazing party. <laughs> It's interesting, too, because I haven't seen Andy McDowell in a while, but she had this weird kind of dead eyes thing mm. when she was famous, and she only kind of worked okay. in some roles, and in some roles she was really terrible. I was and never, I've, I've never been like a follower of her career okay. or anything. Well, I mean, because I'm talking about stuff like, you know, Groundhog Day and Four Weddings and a Funeral, yeah, yep. and I feel like there's another one I'm not thinking of in her kind of heyday, Sex Lies and Videotape, yep, that yep. sort of stuff. And sometimes, uh, the thing is, if you, so Andy McDowell is not, like an actress so much as a personality. Yep, yep, that's um, that's true. But then she was perfect in this, like mm-hmm. flawless. Well, this is her, like that Southern Belle thing she's been doing for a while. I've seen yeah. her do that uh, before. So um, she, uh, but that was really, and then <laughs> we had some really wonderful people behind us in our screening <laughs> who uh, reacted very uh, enthusiastically to various things happening. And the, the trailer line where Joe Manginello goes, um, uh, Andy McDowell's like back in our day, and Joe Manginell goes, "Well, I'd say it's still your day, ma'am." And she just <laughs> and and she like sort of blushes a little bit and smiles. And the back row of girls was like, "Ooh, <laughs> it was really great." It was pretty great. That bit, and there was another bit that they reacted to that cracked me up as well. It was really good. Anyway, I, there was there was a bunch of stuff like there. We get to basically, it's like a road trip through them stopping at various places and a whole heap of women and some gay men having a really great time reacting to them. Yes, and and, and lots of dancing. Yeah. And you know that, like, basically the dancing is why I came. Yeah. (laughs) No, um, it's why I went to the movie anyway. But no, because I found out that um, the Twitch, who is a dancer that I like and one of the, probably one of the best hip-hop dancers currently working, is in the movie as a stripper. And I was like, okay, I'm definitely going now. And and there's a there's a mo- scene at the end of the movie where like you can see that Channing Tatum up until this point in the movie has been slightly held back by the other guys that he's dancing mm. with mm-hmm. until he gets to Rome's place and then he kind of cuts loose a little bit. Yeah. But then when he gets to dance with Twitch and the two of them are doing the routine where they're like mirroring each other, mm-hmm. that is some really fucking good dancing. Uh, the dancing in this is amazing. When he gets to the um whatever Jada Pinkett Smith's palace is called. And he's uh, the muscle control, the core strength. They are impeccable, these guys. And not not just him, like Matt Bomer is amazing. He does some really cool core work. That, yeah. I, 
insane. And they do something. They really physically interact with all the women. In the first movie, there's this really, like, a joke that puts me off where Joe Manganiello's character picks up a fat girl and like spins her around, you know, the way they do with the mm. women. And and what happens in the first movie is he hurts his back and mm. because he's picked up a fat girl. And I'm just like, yeah, right. Like a dude who's that ripped and works out that much knows how to lift somebody. That's bullshit. I hate that scene. But then in this movie, they um they dance with a whole bunch of fat girls and pick them up and throw them around just like they do the thin girls. And it's like, yes, it's mm. so much better. Yeah, there's a really nice variety of of – women yeah, who are yeah. watching the shows. Like mm-hmm. there's fat girls and skinny girls and a bunch of different ethnicities and drag queens and drag queen gay yeah. club for the first one. Yeah. Like there's a whole variety of different people that they but although the very last one is two skinny girls, which I yeah. can sort of see because they really fling them around. Yeah, yeah. Like you, 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 yeah. I was like I would get hurt doing the gir- that. well the girls needed to be like dancer sort of yeah build as well. So to, in order to do that stuff that they do in that last one. But still like the the whole there's a whole variety of women having all this fun with them and the the guys you know treat them all exactly the same yeah and and, and the and the Joe Manganiello and McDowell thing like she's clearly a few years older than him but they work together mm. and it's all great and there's no, no one ever makes fun of them for it and, yeah. I actually recently rewatched Holes and oh, uh, yeah. in Holes you've got Dulé Hill and I know her name don't tell me her name because I know it it's Patricia Arquette oh yeah um, Dulé Hill and Patricia Arquette play um lovers like she you know she's a school teacher and um it's in the west and he's a black um farmer but they play you know lovers and they're a good nine years difference she's nine years older than him which it's, is really cool it's just so rare in hollywood like this is a you know it's an industry where i saw a tweet this morning diane lane and robert downey jr are the same age but diane lane is playing superman's mother and robert downey jr gets to play iron man like there's this horrible industry where once you're over 35, you know, you get you kind of get through, shown the door and you never, ever see relationships where the women are older than men. So it's kind of really exciting when there is one. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, I was just thinking about um, Supergirl. Anyway, yep. uh, it's got but, nothing to do with Magic Mike. No. It's just the things that I like, which tend to be singing and dancing, which are probably my favorite parts of Magic well, Mike. In the, yeah, the pony scene at the beginning, you lean over to me and you're like, Channing Tatum is wasted in action movies. Yeah. And he's so good. He's such a good dancer. The yeah. way he just he moves like liquid around the screen. It's amazing. Yeah, he's a really good dancer. And like, I, I mean, it's not so much that he's – I said why are we wasting him on all of these action movies, which I was in, meaning to say it's good that he's in some action movies, but we need him more in more dancing movies as well. Yeah. Like he should, he should just intersperse. He can do an action, then a comedy, and then a dancing movie. And then just keep going with that. Because, yeah, you know, absolutely. then we get a little mix of Channing Tatum goodness. Um, or one that's all three of them, which I would kill to see. <laughs> I would love to see a movie that is an action musical comedy. That yeah, would be I pretty much see the why best not. thing ever. With Channing Tatum in the lead. With Channing Tatum God, in the he's, lead. He has, like, charisma coming out of his butt, too. Like, he's so great. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, you, yeah, you can also see I, – I mean, you were talking about Matt Bomer, and I, I can see Matt Bomer does a good job of, like, learning moves mm. that they teach him. But he isn't a dancer. No, not a natural dancer. But the, the stuff that he, the work that he does is very yes. good. Yeah, but Joe Manginello does Man, Manginello Manginello does the same thing where he um he learns the moves really well mm. and he kind of carries them off. But he's not a dancer. Yeah, yeah. And then when you put Twitch and Channing Tatum together, you see what dancing is, mm. which is very ex- exciting for me. Mm. And when you see Twitch dance in the in the Rome's Palace place, mm. that was really cool too. Yeah. He does a very nice dance in there. Mm-hmm. 
I just like watching the dancing. I could do without the like. The, when, the watching candy Kevin... guy is, is a dancer too. Adam Rodriguez, yeah, he's a dancer. I think he might. No, be. I think. Well, I don't know. He does better. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, watching Kevin Nash strip does nothing for me. Well, no, he's. I mean, he's. Well, he he has a role in there because he's the. He, in the first movie, Channing Tatum talks, I don't want to be some 40-year-old stripper. Like, he's the older guy who's never he's been older able- than 40. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm sure he is. He, but he's, like, the guy who hasn't been able to get out of the industry kind of thing. Mm. I think. And yeah, I think- but that doesn't play in this movie, and I haven't seen the first one, you know? So, like, no. watching this one, it's just, like, he's the well, he's guy. he's kind of old in the first one, too. I, it, I think the, the idea is, that, yeah, he's just been doing it for so long, he doesn't know how to do anything else. Right. It's just that it doesn't, like... I mean, it's fine, and he he I I enjoyed him in the other scenes in the movie. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, we only see him dance, I think, once. Or yeah, because maybe. he can't dance. Yeah, he and he I think he gets up in the walk off when they're trying to be drag queens. But I, he, yeah, but he doesn't really. He just does that kind of like a comedy way, mm. the same way that Toby, their bus driver, does. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he doesn't dance much in the first one either. He I, I think he's the one. In the first movie, that's why Alex Pettifer has got to go on stage because he is, like, drugged out in the de- dressing room and is passed out. So, yeah, he's – yeah, I mean – It's th- interesting because there's only one drug scene in this one and yeah, it's and the played first, very much for laughs. And the first one is – yeah, and the first one's all about how bad the drugs are and it gets Alex Pettifer's character in massive amounts of trouble and the driver – uh, slash DJ, he gets in heaps of trouble because of it. Like, it's really bad. It's really and interesting because they clearly they were trying to make a statement about this industry in the first movie. Yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. were just like, oh, people like that. Let's just give it well, to screw, them. Yeah, you know, s- screw that. Let's just make a movie and, like, thousands of women will come along and watch it and give it's, us all their money. It's interesting, actually. I would like to see the first one now, but it is a really weird kind of thing where they've mm. just basically gone – like, yeah, the first one is like drugs this. are bad. Let's do more of it. Well, and that's part of the reason Channing Tatum's character gets out of it in the first place because he likes this girl and she's like, I cannot be around this lifestyle because it's her brother who's getting into the drugs and he's sort of around it too. And he, he's he got this whole, like, I've got to get out of the lifestyle kind of thing. And that's, and this one, of course, they got to bring it back. So they're going to make it sound like it's fun again. But that's the thing is also when they're passing the drugs around, it's not like everybody has to take them. Tarzan passes. Kevin mm. Nash just goes, no thanks. And that's it. Yeah, like there's no kind of pressure on him to do yeah. it. There's no kind of pressure on anybody else to do it. Channing Tatum just sort of goes along with it, and then it's played off mostly for laughs. Mm, yeah, you know, and then except for the car accident bit, which is still kind of played off for laughs. Yeah, no, nobody's none of it is permanently injured or anything. No, none of it is really you know played big. I, there were a couple of weird moments. Um, mm. what the hell happened on the beach between Channing Tatum and Zoe? Oh well, this is this part of the same problem, like. That's I, I was like, that just doesn't work. I think there's supposed to be this cool banter scene with a cute girl that he likes, but it just no after it's half that. in the dark and no. I liked the way that was shot though because it feels I, th- this movie has this kind of pink gauzy lighting thing. Yeah, yeah, going they, on. they definitely take the Soderbergh look. Yeah, bit. well, he he shot it. He was the cinematographer for oh, it. Oh, was he? Right, yeah. okay, because he was he directed the first one. He didn't direct yes. this one. Um, but he was the cinematographer for this one, and it does look really good. But that one kind of fe- looks like what it actually looks like when you're on a beach at night. Yeah, yeah. And there's only a little bit of light from the fire, and that kind of would have worked really nicely if if there'd been chemistry yeah. and they had her character work. Yeah, and there just wasn't. No, after that, he she invites him to go on an island. Uh huh. And he's like, I know what would happen on that island, so no. And then she gets mad at him for that. And I still don't know why. Um, well, I think she wants to go party with him and he 
again, perhaps it's a callback to the first one where they go out onto the sandbar and have a party. But um, does he have does he have sex with a girl there? No, but because it seems like he thinks she's going to jump him. I think it was more the lifestyle getting back into that would get him back into the lifestyle with all the drugs and the party. Then why does she get so mad? I don't. I don't understand. It's the whole such job, a weird if scene. If they had cut her from the movie entirely, I wouldn't have missed her or noticed. Yeah, no, it wouldn't have mad. It wouldn't have made any difference. And it's much more interesting, actually. And again, with the age difference, it's much more interesting to see the relationship mm. between Rome and Mike. When yeah, he, yeah. Used to, he used to date or he used to have a thing with Rome. Age so. to, like um reverse age gap romances are awesome. Like when the woman is older, they're so awesome. Don't not much into them the other way, but when the woman is older, I love it. And and her like her power dynamics are also fantastic because she is clearly the boss and she has the money and she has the power and she's yeah. employed him before and she'll employ him again. You know. Well, there are two things. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith has never met a movie she can't camp up. Mm. And she's never met a room that she can't dominate by walking yeah, into she, it. She, like she just, she's there's amazing. a there's a room of thousands of women, and she takes the microphone, and you can totally believe that everybody shuts up every time she talks. Mm-hmm. And she's she like talks quietly and like like growls into the microphone, and everybody yeah, shuts yeah, yeah. up. It's just she's phenomenal. She's so amazing. I'm so glad she's had a bit of a career resurgence, or maybe like this is her first surge. I don't know lately, and it's kind of amazing. I know she was in a screen movie. She was in Gotham. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that I would think of that as part of this current yeah, resurgence. Yeah, resurgence. I, yeah. So like she was kind of not a huge star before, but now she's kind of getting a lot of roles and doing amazing things with them mm. in in her forties. Like it's really cool. But yeah, you you definitely believe that she just controls everything mm-hmm. in this, and you definitely believe that she's you know, had relationships with Channing Tatum and Elizabeth Banks and all the other people who you like and Malik, yep, and who yep. I'm I'm pretty sure is currently her her guy. Yeah, yeah, and you're just like, yeah, you can definitely believe that, and you know she's the boss, and that is totally awesome with and all of them. Malik is Twitch, and right. then Donald Glover's character is called C- Carlos. No, he's Andre. Andre. I don't know where I got that from. I don't know. I can't. I couldn't remember half of the names in this movie. No. Um. I found it very hard to keep up with. I didn't know Mike had a last name until this movie. In fact, Mike didn't. I didn't know the troop had a name until I I wrote I um copied Kings the of Tampa IMDb. For some reason, I did know that. But yeah, it. I don't know. It just like how can you complain about something that's this much fun though? Right. It's just it's it. That's why I kind of thought made me think of you know Fast and Furious and stuff like that. It's just fun. You go along. You laugh your head off and enjoy the heck out of it for two hours. You walk away feeling way better about yourself. And I think what this movie does, does what movies are is to do. that it treats women as like sexual people, not sexual objects, like mm. but having their own sexuality that deserves to be catered to and explored and, mm. and deserves and is, is just as valid and important as a man's yep. sexuality. And it does it in all these little ways too, because there's this moment when uh, Mike is talking to um, Dropkick Girl and he's like, my God is a she. And it does all these little things to mm-hmm. indicate that women are just as like powerful and important and, yeah. and, and sexual as men are and, and, you know, deserve just as much like to have that explored and to be catered to. Yeah. And uh, they do touch on that in the first one because Mike is just fantastic at talking to women. Like he walks into a bank and he's like, I love your necklace to the bank clerk. Uh, he just has this way of, he knows what women say to each other and therefore he and he's picked up on it and he's learned how women want to be treated by each other and so he's picked up on those cues and now he's really he and he's ex- exceptionally charismatic with every woman that he meets hmm. and also um there's this really neat 
kind of they they accept their own they they're not afraid of being feminine and they're not afraid mm. of gay people and they're not afraid of like so they go to this this drag queen bar that seems to have a lot of women in it so it just seems like it's a regular bar yeah um but it has a show that's that's led by a drag queen yeah um and then they have a competition for like all the you know amateur queens out there for it's voguing that they're doing mm-hmm. um so these two little skinny guys go up on stage and vogue very well and then Mike goes up and also vogues very well yeah. and like does the whole because voguing is quite feminine. Yeah. But it's traditionally done by gay men. It was mm-hmm. kind of po- made popular by mm-hmm. Madonna in the 80s. And I, well, that's the thing about um, men stripping as well. It only became a thing because gay men were into it too. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's got its part of its roots in that, in catering to gay men as much as women, straight women. Yeah. But I, I just liked that scene because none of the guys are like, oh, no, I can't do that. It's embarrassing because it's gay. Yeah. Like all of them, including Kevin Ash, get up on that stage mm-hmm. and kind of do it. And and maybe not all of them put the same amount of effort into it, but not all of them are capable of doing yeah, the same right. amount of stuff. So No, they're very comfortable in um, fluid sexuality and fluid gender roles as well. But this is where I actually have some quibbles with the movie because – Whenever they have sex with somebody, they uh, Channing Tatum's like, "Did you bang it?" And they say, "Did you bang it?" And I'm like, "That doesn't really that fit in with scene. their yeah, yeah." That got to me as well because they kept, "Did you bang it?" Like, yeah. "It really?" That's not how they. This is not how they've talked through any of the rest of this movie or the one before. And it doesn't fit at all with what Channing Tatum is, is like in the no. movie. Mike is like, no, it doesn't make sense for that character. And also. They call each other pussies at one stage as well. And you're yeah, like, but yeah. that doesn't make Sounds any wrong sense too. for these characters. Yeah. Like those two moments feel like they're lifted out of a different movie. Mm, mm-hmm. Or maybe like they were, I don't know, they were ad-libbed or something like that. Maybe, yeah. Because there is that uh, locker room element to it as well where there's just this is a group of guys bonding as part of a team. Yeah, I did thing. wonder several times how smelly that truck would be because um, <laughs> you never see them shower. Um <laughs> But yeah, oh god, and then like some of them get covered in cream and oh yeah, no, but that's at a hotel. That would be different. I'm seeing more <laughs> yeah, of like yeah, the yeah, beach. on the truck. They and... would all smell like yeah. sand oh, I, and beach that, and stuff. You actually got that sense quite viscerally when they wake up in the morning and he's like got his toothbrush and stuff, and you get you know what they how gross you are yeah. in the morning when you haven't slept in a proper bed and you've got nowhere to shower. I, I got a very visceral feeling about what that must smell like. Yeah, that was a, that was a nicely shot. There was so it was so nicely shot. Yeah, well, I mean. Yeah, that's um, I yeah, I didn't realize Soderbergh was the cinematographer until the end, but yeah, I didn't know that going in, so his... I probably noticed that a bit more. Yeah, I I mean, I knew he'd shot the first one, and I watched the first one going, "This is so Soderberghy," and then I this one, I was like, "Yeah, no, he's tried to do the same thing." I can see where he's going with this. Yeah, but yeah, def definitely that influence is there. Yeah, I did wonder if there was a fair bit of uh, ad libbing too, like a couple of the Channing Tatum. Si- moments seemed a bit ad-libbed like when he did the i'm magic and then he does a little twirl and he says i'm magic mike and she laughs that felt like it was not scripted to me that feels like a channing tatum thing to do doesn't it it does and it also feels like her because she's when she's in character she's so miserable up until that point and And she breaks out in this laugh when he Mm. does that makes me think that she broke character because he had done that little bit and he's trying so hard as well. But then that's one of the um, one of the things that does well, though, is that sort of naturalistic dialogue. So mm. sometimes it feels like it's almost. But that's the it's thing. It's so that awkward that it feels like it might be ad libbed. But nobody else does the same level of mm. awkward as, uh, Channing. as Channing Tatum does. So I did wonder if, and they, they're, those scenes are long as well. Like they go on for a while and they don't feel as scripted as some. So I did wonder if they, if maybe just Channing Tatum did a few ad libbed. Yeah, scenes. he could easily have done. 
Um, obviously, the dolly tits and the what is it, clitoria, clitoria labia. labia, or something. That bit was obviously scripted because it comes back later. Mm. Um, but I did wonder if like other little bits had been like just little lines and mm-hmm. and the the magic mics twirl bit yeah. might have been. Um, and so, some of the stuff ad-libbed. with the guys sort of in the locker room sort of situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why it, ma- it made me wonder about that bit. But it did still seem yeah because this is not a, this is not a group of guys who like thinks that pussies are weak. Like, or the group of guys who say it about women. Yeah, it's, d- d- that did not seem right. Because they, they do have a lot of respect. And there's a whole, like, the screenplay is really heavy-handed in it. So you've got to ask women what they want. Well, maybe Joe Manginello. Man- <laughs> Manginello. I can see him doing it, right? Mm-hmm. I can see him maybe saying Being it. Being, like, performing masculinity a bit. Because, yes. I mean, his character's called Big Dick. So, yes. yeah. I can see, and he's also, he does a few other things that are kind of jerk-off moves. Yeah. So I can see him saying it. But Mike, I can't see saying it. No. And Mike is the one who says, did you bang it? Which is why it kind of made me go, that doesn't sound like no. anything that I know about this character. No. This is the guy who wanted to settle down with, like, his girl. Like, he was the one who made yeah. the moves to settle down. And, he, he, you know, he's the one who really kind of really respects women. So, mm. it didn't feel right. But, you know, it, it was only a small thing that didn't ruin the whole movie for me, I guess. Especially not when... There's so many when when just after that you get the whole uh, the the Rome's palace and then Andy McDowell's house sequence. Oh, Those one after the other, they just then, lifted the whole thing. I really thought we would get to go back to the party in this the, the Andy McDowell party. We had and to we don't. leave it with yeah. Channing Tatum so he can talk to you know the boring girl, the dish towel woman, and he like oh, she just it's it's such a bad combination of actress and role. That doesn't work at all. Like maybe if you had had Zoe Deschanel play that role, it might play better because um, it might play kind of like when she was sad. There was still something about her that made him want to be interested, and when she was being like you know funny on the beach, it made it may have played funny. Yeah, I don't know that Zoe Deschanel is right. It definitely had to be someone who's a bit more hippie. That it just wasn't the right. I don't know if it wasn't the right person. She didn't want to do it. She was not right for the role. It just something was not working there at all. Yeah. And it was really bad, and especially having just seen the last one with the girl who's not super famous, but she's just really good. Yeah, and it, I, I just got – I was disappointed. I mean, we, we have to leave the awesome party just as Joe Manginello Man- <laughs> is about to be stripped by um, um by Andy, Andy McDowell. Yeah. And she takes is about to take off his vest, and, and Channing Tatum nopes out and Ugh. goes into the kitchen – and I'm like, but I want to be in there. It was just gonna, good. I want to be in the party. And then he goes back into the party and we don't follow him. We see him wake up the next morning. And I'm like, no, no, I wanted to be there. I want my party. <laughs> that scene wasn't finished. Well, maybe I guess that's a good thing, though, because it actually does make you feel like you should be in that party and you're stuck out in the kitchen with these idiots. Well, Mike isn't being an idiot. He's trying to be nice. Mm. I mean, I felt for him. It was just that she just I know he's doesn't trying play so right. hard. And she's just like... Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like she's really earned the... The, the dance at the, end. at the end. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, and Although there were some kind of iffy stuff about yanking her around and, mm. and stuff that I wasn't too keen on. But well, it, to make the dance work, I can see why they did it. There's some things in there that are interesting, but it the whole... I guess thing is built around having their consent to do it though. Like there's, it feels like it's a safe environment, even though there's, there's like simulated, you know, holding her down and pulling her hair and things like that and tying them up and things. It always feels like it's a safe environment 
for them to do that. So well, it kind of feels like the audience is kind of like given consent by going and probably have signed something in order to be in the crowd at that thing. Yeah. Which gives well, them the opportunity to do all that stuff. But at the same time, it, it is a bit like, and the, the tying thing didn't stress me so much either because I'm pretty sure she could have, they're just loops. Yeah, she could have so gotten out of that, out of that fairly easily if she wasn't Well, but that's it. the thing. I, I'd never get a sense that the even when they're simulating something that does look like a, dominating or a or a like a dangerous position there's always it, it always is safe and they can always get out of it I, um, I never who was f- the girlfriend what do you know her name uh, it's cody something oh, okay um, the, olivia munn's character is someone he's sleeping with and then it's the um because i was going to say olivia munn's pretty famous yeah no no it's not her it's um the other one is not he actually ends up okay. olivia munn is like his sort of wingman Okay. Um, Cody Horn like is is the actress. She got cast really good. somebody recently. Cody Horn, Olivia Munn. Oh yeah, she's um, it's a superhero, like a half Japanese superhero. Yeah, yeah. Because she was my She Hulk in my head. Oh yeah. For some she reason. would do that really well. <laughs> that works. Yeah. But, so then when she got cast as a superhero, I was like, oh, now she can't play She Hulk. And I was like, when was she ever going to play She Hulk? That's just a dumb. Yeah, but um, yeah, Katie Co- Cody Horn from the first movie is actually okay. really good. Amber Heard just doesn't. I've never seen her in anything else, so I don't know what she's like. Yeah, I, as I do with many celebrities, I'm basing all my impressions of her off one Top Gear interview. (laughs) So, and and she was on that, and she's like, um, I got the sense that she was trying really hard to be one of the boys. Um, that's that was the only real sense I got about her. But putting that aside, um, yeah, she's like the weakest link in this movie, and this is a movie that includes some pretty weak links. I mean, some (laughs) of these guys are not actors. (laughs) And, you know, Twitch doesn't actually get to say very many no, lines. I, but he is one of the best dancers out there. And getting to great. see him in any movie for me is a treat. Like getting to see him dance on the big screen for me instead of my little computer screen. Because he's on the current <laughs> season of So You Think You Can Dance. It's just yeah. it's great to so see he, them do stuff. He, yeah, and he, he's a good dancer. I'm not sure he's that great on the acting, but he was fine. Like it was good enough. And he doesn't and have to do much acting, no. which works pretty well, I think, in his favor. He he dances a bit and then he says a couple lines. And it kind of works well as well in the kind of Rome has this like playboy mm. kind of boyfriend idea that like Malik mm-hmm. does all the things that she wants him to do, but maybe he's not particularly bright. And, and that's she's okay with that because that's all she wants at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think it works well for the character as much as it is for him mm-hmm. not to say too much. Yeah. But there are like you can see these little moments of like twitchness coming out when he talks to Channing Tatum about the dance moves, and mm-hmm. you can see him get excited about yeah, it yeah. and stuff. Where you're like, "That's not acting, but it's great." <laughs> yeah, but that's what you want. They they're meant to get excited. They're meant to like this stuff, and that's yeah. part. I mean, that's part of the charm and stuff we were talking about before about their comfort with fluid sexuality and fluid gender roles is that they they like this stuff like the first movie opens with joe manginello's character sewing up a gold g-string like it's not it that the it's the kind of movie where that stuff is ex- not just accepted but it's part of the charm well they have this wonderful montage in this one where rome is getting really into planning everything they're all getting really into planning everything and they're they're playing with glitter yes! and like sewing and, <laughs> and like glitter. lollies and and you know all this sort of stuff and they're having such a good time with it. yeah <laughs> just made me smile i liked that montage right and that's that's part of the fun like they're they're we are male entertainers and they're like they start to own it by the end and they're proud of I it i think most of them own it for the whole movie I mean, this obviously is very different in tone from the first one, but really, they just seem to really like making women happy. Yeah, they do. 
They genuinely and do. And so they don't care if people think that what they do is girly because they're not interested in whether or not those guys like what they're doing. They're not it's tra- all about whether or not the women like what they're doing. And if they do, they get paid. So who? The, what that's are they right. The, the women pay the bills and also the, the women give them sex if they're if it works well enough. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean they get they, they obviously they all, Donald Glover's character gets something out of gets they but they all like they're all, they all seem to be at least for the most part into women so like they they get something out of that as well. I thought there might be an opportunity there for one of them not to be, but yeah, I, I thought that was, I would I, I don't know whether too. that was just my own biases playing in because Matt Bomer's in it. Yeah, yeah, and so I was like, so when's the gay guy gonna come yeah. out not even matt bomer i actually thought maybe um um adam rodriguez's character yeah, yeah. might have been because actually there was this weird moment at the beginning where i was like is he are he and toby dating mm. <laughs> but there was just this and then also when he and and mike were on the bed together mm. there were these moments where i was like yeah. when's the gay stuff gonna happen i don't know why i expected that to happen maybe it's just because what it's what i like in movies and since it was catering <laughs> to what everybody else likes i don't know <laughs> Yeah, well, that would be interesting to cater to slightly more diverse sexualities, but I don't think they've quite got there yet. They're just sort of, it's fairly heteronormative at this stage. It is. But it was just this weird kind of, I just kept expecting it for no good Magic reason. Mike Triple X will be. <laughs> That's the one with all the dick shots. There's no, there's you get a couple of butt oh, shots. Oh, God, there's an amazing dick shot in the first one from Big Dick, of course. Are you, that you'll, I won't spoil it for you, you have to see it. It's just funny. Okay, yeah, because there's no... No, nobody, like, drops trousers and has a full frontal, though. Although, to be fair, I'm, I'm fairly certain in most female stripper movies it's very similar, except, yeah. you, I mean, you know, they, they get topless and they're still wearing thongs and stuff. Yeah, so it's and, pretty much well, equal and to... And, of course, no group of female strippers has ever been treated as well as this movie treats this group of men. <laughs> I'm trying to think whether or not I've I, seen... I feel like I've seen something that get, was very well, female I mean, there's, friendly, there is a hooker, there's a lot of hooker with a heart type things or sex worker with... No, know, no, no. There was but, something that I've seen... That I know is very pro female strippers. I can't think of what it is. It doesn't matter. It might have been a TV show. I can't think of. I can think of like a scene from it. I'm genuinely interested, actually. I think that would be great. Like a group of female strippers and like what, you know, their inner lives and what goes on. But I think there's a lot of. But but of course, you um, can't. uh, The performance aspect of it, which is the whole appeal of this movie is never ever going to be the same when you're seeing p- female strippers perform because there's so, there's so much cultural baggage and and yeah. um, gender bias baggage in there which is why it works this works so well right i mean the thing is that this can flip all those expectations on its head because we don't we don't normally see male strippers mm, we don't have um, them yeah and because it gives the women agency in their sexuality but the problem with female stripper movies tends to be that it takes that agency away from them although i'm certain that i've seen some like i can see the shots from the changing room in my head and i can't figure out what it is it's really yeah, irritating I, I think and it's old too it's like late 80s or yeah, early 90s yeah it, it would it would be really interesting but it's something that i don't i don't think the industry is is like the movie industry is mature enough to deal with properly and it's not just that. I don't think the audience would be either. Mm. I mean, you'd, you'd just get a bunch of guys. I mean, yeah, the yeah. same thing way that I, we are, but they get catered to all the time. Yeah, exactly. So just, it's it's a big deal when women get catered to and yeah. we show up en masse. Although I do think men should watch this movie because they might learn a thing or two. Yeah, there were like two guys in our whole cinema. But if men went along to this, I really feel like they would feel better about themselves and how what women are like as well. I think they would learn something about yeah. how to treat women or how to be around women. Yeah, in a, in a way, I feel like movies have to deliver that in a sneakier way, though. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, I keep talking about more it, but mainstream saw... stuff needs to deliver that as opposed yeah. to this, which is you know, it's got women in the audience anyway. 
Yeah, because I saw High Fidelity just recently and I was really impressed at how sneakily it manages to go everything that guys think about women is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like it just kind of delivers these truth bombs along the yeah. way, but it delivers them through this guy that every kind of guy watching or at least every kind of nerdy guy watching will feel like they are that guy. Mm-hmm. So it works. So It's yeah. so clever but i have this very strong sensation that those guys that you see on facebook who are like yeah high fidelity and fight club are my favorite movies are not watching them the right way (laughs) and they're just like oh yeah because high fidelity that dude's just like me and he gets the girl at the end and fight club is all about fighting people (laughs) right like yeah yeah and that's it's those guys Mm -hmm. that i feel like yeah and then and they go to magic they wouldn't go to magic mike xxl and even if they did they wouldn't get it and that's of course the problem is that it's only a movie like this that comes along every few years that actually delivers that kind of message and it only only delivers it to its female audience there's the mainstream movies are still have they still have incredibly problematic gender relationships yeah it's just so interesting to see and the thing is uh, this movie doesn't make the guys into sexual objects but they do get objectified at different times mm. it's really interesting i don't know i really yeah it's so much fun to watch yeah i mean we were cracking up and people were like yelling things out and people there was were, a like, spontaneous applause <laughs> it was at the end of the um, joe manganiello in the convenience store yeah exactly there amazing. was spontaneous applause in amazing our cinema, which is <laughs> any movie that gets you spontaneous applause how can you rate that low you can't it had it's spontaneous amazing. applause from the audience yeah. Anyway, so do you want to do ratings? Yep. Four stars. Um, I'm going to give it... Mm, I'm trying to think because there's no story. If I had... Yeah, if I were to be true to myself and rate it the same way I rated something I had a similar level of fun in Furious 7, I would give it three stars. But I feel like I'm giving it four stars for just, you know, giving me a little bit of excitement on a very cold Sunday afternoon. <laughs> It is so cold here. I, I I don't think I can rate it above three just because there's, there's no it's story not, and no, there's no kind of, cinema. Like the only character that really gets character development is is Mike and even he doesn't really get an arc. Like nobody gets a proper arc except mm. Amber Heard whose arc is terrible. So I'm, I'm yeah, three. No, three is, is And that still adequate. might be slightly generous and it's based on <gasps> oh. some other things. But it was still – it was so much fun to watch. So what are you going to do? You can't rate it low. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to find our old episodes or read the show notes for this episode, which I'm sure will be full of intellectually stimulating things, <laughs> you can do that on our website. The door routine. I'm going to put the door routine up. Yeah, silverscreenqueens.com. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, we're in a bunch of places. So um, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, at screen underscore queens on Twitter, or tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you very much for listening. See you next week. If you want to read my reviews, oh, movie shit. of Magic Mike XSL, or if you want to read my reviews of any of the other movies that I watch, um, then you can go to uh, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Um, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.